relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. You laughed over that. You Did you I? added a laugh. That was great. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Could you hear it? Oh yeah, I heard Man. it. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's good. I need it. I was. You know how we. You know how you get used to stuff and you don't appreciate it as much. Always. That's, yeah, but the other that's day. What happens when you have an addictive personality and you get jaded real quick? That's exactly what it. Damn it! I didn't want it to be that, but that is what it was. Uh, that is a part of it. But I was doing something, listening to something else, and our thing, the theme song came in right after. And I just, the way it hit was different than it had been in a while. And I was like, man, this is good. We did good on that. I know I brag on a lot, but it makes me. We did real good. I mean, I like to take it as we because, you know, it was Slee and Ron. And red beard laughing, but it, I did good on that song. I, I put crushed I it. put them all together on that though, because I don't know what that's called in the music industry. I think that's the person that makes the most money. Yeah, you're a producer. That, you're a producer. And I did nothing musically. I was like, you and you be in a room. <laughs> I think that's how music. That's that's how you make the most music because you just you tell talented people to go sit in a room together. And then they just do things. That's what I'm doing today. That's what this is. I put you and then our two wonderful, incredibly talented friends. But I feel like like we've met a lot of people. Here's the weird thing about this podcast I didn't see is how tight I would feel after we left with a lot of these like how like I was like I think I made friends today and then we've like we get to like in through social media and stuff we get to be friends with them and like follow up and see how they're it's like it feels like it's like better than drinking because you know when you're drinking and you're at a bar and you're like hey I made a new friend that likes the same poison I do they're my best friend and then and then the next day you're like I don't even know that person's name but with but this is like the opposite because then you're like that's I remember everything we talked about it was awesome <laughs> and now we're gonna be friends and we're gonna talk a lot we don't have to do poison together to hang out it's the best thing in the world instead we're gonna smoke weed and feel things more intuitively and deeper yeah and we don't even have to sm- I'm gonna smoke a lot of weed on this one weed. because I don't have to say much because it's it's just three nerds hanging out and every now and then I'll pull it back so so that everyone else can understand what's happening. But man, just do this. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Humboldt Seed family.
you enjoy oh. that 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 roundup that that that's quite the intro <laughs> reminded me of why we miss you guys it's <laughs> i used to host burlesque so i'm used to introducing people onto stage so if you guys ever do any like you know conventions or anything after covid times you call me out and i'll introduce you guys to the to the whole thing Absolutely. I don't know if it'll be quite as entertaining as that, though. <laughs> I mean, you should see the way I dress up. I have a whole suit tie and I do fake eyelashes. It's amazing. I can almost imagine it right now just looking at you. Yeah, it's not hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we find you guys in the middle of the winter? Yeah, what are you guys doing right now? Uh, we're <laughs> usually at the office so we we kind of we do breeding in the winter time and but it, and it's like the really easy kind of breeding so it's you know smaller scale indoor and kind of just really focused on just a few you know inbreeding pro like kind of perfecting things and so we find ourselves in the office a lot and how you were going to say something well, I was just going to say it's not entirely easier because, as you said, you know, what we're doing right now is really research focused. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to go that goes into that, which is years of selections and then picking the lines that, you know, you want to sell for do whatever it is that you're doing to it with. Right now we're doing a little selfing project that I'm getting excited about. But, you know, it's a. It's a little bit more of the fun kind of breeding, in my opinion, because we're doing it just for research. We're not uh, we're not worried about how much we're getting. I mean, yeah. that's that's my dream. Like we we've talked about in the past as far as like, oh, what would you do if you could retire? And it's like I would grow four plants. I'm done with these having 800, 1,000 plants at any given time. I grow four plants in a controlled environment where I could actually learn stuff and do more specific things. So I can only imagine what you guys are doing during the summer with just, you know, a huge field full of whole different things going on. And you get to do a little bit more target thing during the winter has to be so much better. Yeah, well, in our, you know, our winter research is an essential part of what leads to our summer breeding. So it all kind of goes together. But unfortunately, you know, this is the kind of year where we're not really doing as much full time breeding and we're stuck with a lot of paperwork and metric manifests as well. Ah, metric. That took like five minutes of a conversation to get to metric. <laughs> Even when you're doing this stuff, you have to report so much nonsense to the government yeah it's like people are always sort of act surprised when we're like yep we have to do metric a lot but it's basically that as they say um the track and trace it's from seed to sale and so we're sort of the uh conception of it all i guess and um, you know, even if, yeah, even if we, like people do clones, it's still very similar. So as a nursery, we, we put the seeds and distribute them around to different, you know, all the farms in California and, and have to do it through the licensed framework, which 
it does seem silly a lot of the time. It's like you're essentially, you know, the way if you, <laughs> the regulations kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say that we don't take them literally, but <laughs> you know, they, I'll just say this. They literally like have someone loading up essentially what it amounts to like an armored vehicle to take like a thimble full of seeds to, <laughs> from one <laughs> farm to another farm. And it's just like, wow, this is we're we're, regularly kind of just sort of questioning it, whether we're in a reality or this is just sort of a make-believe craziness but you, well, know, you could say that your seeds are the bomb so they have to be handled with that much care and that much security to make sure that it doesn't fall into the hands of anybody that's the way i would look at it i wouldn't call it a bomb either <laughs> i wouldn't if we're dealing with the government i don't i wouldn't listen to mike <laughs> was it you guys think it was did george clinton and the p-funk all-stars i think that they coined the word the bomb like the i bomb. think because if you was it to, the gap band what the gap band was it band. the gap band because they dropped a bomb on you oh gonna drop a bomb on i remember that mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i i re- no p-funk for sure was you know had that george uh, clinton so prolific it might have been you know here's the thing i bet they were all at the same parties <laughs> <laughs> well and half of snoops and you know snoop and dre just produced all of their biggest hits their earliest hits were just p-funk songs reworked you know sampled p-funk songs and got that g-funk going yeah, the G- you gotta love them though <laughs> you also get uh uh warren g comes in and nate dog and they had that funky, they put that funky, mm, I'm with you on all this. Yes. I love that stuff, man. These days I can barely understand what these guys are saying. <laughs> well, they're on, they're on hallucinogens now, so it's a lot more fun. Or sets or something like that. Yeah, I think it's pills the majority of them. Yeah, the, I can't do the pill rappers either, because yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are saying. I can't do it. <sighs> Doesn't make Both. sense. Little, Let's put some little, Devin yeah. the Dude on. Let's do that. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't mean to segue too much on the. That's what we do on this podcast. Trust me, we go. No, I got really excited because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get to talk now. This is something <laughs> I can talk about." <laughs> well, that is one of my favorite things, though, is that, you know when I first started talking to people, they'd be like, "Oh, you know, outdoor farming. You're doing that, so that just means you work from what you know, like April, June until September. That must be the nice life." And I'm like, "I don't think you understand how much farmers have to work in the winter preparing themselves." for the upcoming year and all of that like it's pretty much you'll be lucky if you get the holidays off and then it's just right back to it if you're doing it right that's the case i mean for us i hate to say but i feel like it's almost a little bit more whack because we like we have to start our nursery 
as early as it gets. And, you know, then we go from that into full-time breeding and then we go to harvest and, you know, then we got to deal with getting all the stuff we harvested into our office distro and seed season for us starts earlier every year now because people want them, you know, it's like, it's great. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like rushing to get my numbers in. And then the next thing you know, we're like doing order after order. And then we go right back to the farm. And the worst phase is like when we're leading seed season at the office and then going into the farm full time, because it's like you start your week and you're like, where am I going to end up this week? Like how many days will I be in the office? How many days will I be on the farm? Who knows? Let's just see what happens. I'll be honest though. You say it in like a little complaining way. And I, it's probably because you're tired right now, but <laughs> your life sounds pretty fucking dope. <laughs> Because I had that life, but at a grocery store at one period of time. Or you, why did they have you working in a a farm at the grocery store? (laughs) Definitely enjoy it at the same time, but you know it gets it gets pretty high paced at certain points, and there's definitely not too many opportunities for breaks here. No, we've been crazy. We've been crazy busy lately. Like we're having. I, and I feel like I probably would have said the exact same thing this time one year ago, but it's just feels like, you know, double intensity of people, you know, wanting to get orders placed and get seeds delivered. And, you know, on the licensed farm end of things, it's, it's kind of serious business because like, you know, we just know, we know how, how hard it is to get in to the system this deep. And then you're kind of feel like, well, if they're, you know, if they're coming to us, we're just going to have to do everything in our power to try to, you know, get, get to where they need to be so that they can start their year off. Right. And have, you know, a good shot. Cause it's, it's tough out here and it's, you know, Cali, it's like, not only did they really clamp down on regulations, they also kind of just, you know, they didn't put into place a lot of the stuff that they had kind of committed to when they were talking about um, this, you know, proposition 64 and, they had said that, you know, they were going to really do everything they could to help the small farm. And I mean, we've been going through it. We've been sitting there thinking to ourselves like, well, it doesn't make sense to go through all of these regulatory steps to fulfill a really, really small order for, you know, obviously if the small order usually means the smaller farm and the small business and the mom and pops and all that stuff. And the, you know, the way it works with these things is like, you know, if we have to do the same amount of bullshit for a 10,000 seed order, as we do for a 100 seed order, it's just hitting two more zero buttons. (laughs) So the way that that sets up, like the small business and small farms to fail 
you know, we find ourselves kind of like looking, you know, in these positions where we're like, you know, talking amongst ourselves, like, should we have a minimum where we just tell those people to, you know, I mean, we could say like, go get the seeds at the dispensary, just like everybody else. If you only want 100, you just go buy, you know, 10 packs. But the problem is, is they can't then use those seeds in their licensed facility because it's like, it has to be a license to license transfer. So we've been just wrestling with that. And of course we decided, oh, you know, we're going to do the extra work and not really charge much more or anything like that and make sure we can still help these really small farms. But it's been interesting to just kind of come to this realization of like, this is why small businesses in the United States are like headed towards extinction and, you know, big giant corporations are thriving. So. I mean, I, I feel like as long as there's always going to be people like you who have a conscience about it, you know, even though it is hard, it's like, you know, there's people who look out for them and will put in that extra effort for them. You know, I think it's so funny the way that it is with, you know, as far as strains and bringing them into the system and the way that goes about that, you know, up here in Oregon, it's basically impossible. They used to have a grandfather clause where if you got your license, you had 60 days to bring any strains in on your license and then it was there. And then now we don't have a lot of breeders who are actually in our system here to do metric to metric sales. So really kind of bottlenecks us as far as getting new strains in. And if I'm going to be honest, a lot of the best breeding and new strains are coming from California and from other areas in which we can't really get it. So to stay on top of, you know, trying to get the hottest strains, you know, it's a little difficult sometimes. Yeah, well, I think enough um, people are going to sort of bring that issue to legislators, regulation or whatever, and hopefully there is some kind of a, you know, blanket, look, if this, if it's not budding, if it's not, you know, like, clones don't really contain thc seeds definitely do not contain thc so you know why why don't we just look at them as if they were you know hemp which is essentially that is what they are um if you want to go by the 0.3 percent definition they almost always are so how how do you feel about the about a cross the entire country you know just as far as like you know seeds in all states do you hope that one day you know it'll be relatively easy for you guys as a company to sell your seeds in all 50 states yeah of course that's (laughs) i mean we would love to have you know just completely i mean our goal would be to see cannabis treated like you know, growing cherry tomatoes in your backyard or whatever. And I mean, not that I don't want there to be some revenue created around it. I mean, I think it's, you know, it makes sense that the government taxes certain things that are kind of looked at as, 
as like luxury. Um, but you know, cannabis has multiple different, you know, it's a medicine. Sometimes it's, you know, recreational too. And I mean, I think it's always a medicine whether people realize it or not, but yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, I don't, it's not that I'm saying we should never tax it because I think it's okay to try to tax it some, but I think that, you know, the way that <laughs> there's some, I don't know, like New York is proposing uh, a pretty aggressive tax framework for cannabis legalization. And they also are trying to, you know, have you know basically say no one can grow it in there you know for themselves which is i think that's just i think people are gonna just you know that's the the only well they also say you can't shoot fireworks in los angeles but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean that's what they did in new jersey they were pushing for no home cultivation and, you know, I had a lot of friends fighting hard to try and get that put on to the legalization because it's not legal if you can't grow it at your house when it's just a fucking plant. Like, it's ridiculous to me. And being somebody who's fallen in love with growing cannabis, it just bums me out that there's people who won't be exposed to it because I was exposed to growing cannabis. Now I love farming and biology and everything else because of it. And like the fear that people won't be able to be exposed to that is really a bummer to me yeah i agree completely to be honest i think everyone should try it out at least once if they enjoy smoking it like can you know and change your entire experience like the first time that you grow your own tomato that's the best tasting tomato that you've ever tried probably and it's the same way with growing your own cannabis in my opinion and you know, I feel like some of these places, they almost think like it's intimidating to just let everyone grow their own. They're like, wait, but then where are we going to be collecting dispensary sales tax? And what about this and that? And it's like, you know, what they're not realizing is that people who are truly like passionate about, you know, what they're smoking and like trying new things are always going to want to go to the dispensary and try something else. I think we've even talked about this previously, but it's like, you know, nobody wants to just smoke the same flavor all year round. So if they grow two plants or even six plants in their backyard, like they're going to want to give that to their buddies and they're going to come back to your shop and you'll still get some taxes. <laughs> I can grow my own food, but I still like going to the Thai place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a weird that's a weird one for me, too, because it's such a simple when they're like, well, you can't grow at home. You're like, well, you guys, it's just. Like, well, then everyone will grow it. I'm like, it's no, they won't. Everyone's really lazy. <laughs> everyone can make their own booze. It's, yeah, exactly. If they don't. It's like only the people who are really passionate about that and genuinely interested in it, which I feel like, you know, a lot of people haven't even had the chance to figure that out for themselves. So it is frustrating because uh, I love you guys' seeds so much. That I like, I have some friends who are starting to grow and stuff. Not even because of this podcast. I don't listen to this podcast. They're my friends. Um, <laughs> so, but I I can't. I was like, well, just go order their seeds. And then they were like, oh, we can't, because then I was like, that's this is so silly. 
It's it's just incredibly frustrating. Yeah, and I can't imagine how you guys feel, but it's also good. I'm I'm very happy to hear that you guys are busy, and you're you've got uptown problems. Like, well, a lot <laughs> of that is because of the additional steps that they've added. Um, for yeah. sure, you know. Oh, what's well, the additional steps? Well, I'm not just this year specifically. I just mean like mm. from before we were fully in metric and doing it the way that they ask us to do it now. It was like mm. you hand someone the seeds and they hand you a beer and then you say, have a nice day. <laughs> and like flash forward 10 years later and it's like, okay, pick list, invoice, metric transfer. And, you know, to get even all of those systems set up and in place is obviously a lot of work. And, you know, there's constantly things that need to be fixed or adjusted. So, you know, it's definitely not um, the easiest way to be doing it. But we're also just feeling really fortunate that we have the opportunity to be getting our seeds out there like we are, like being able to make them accessible to, you know, at least everyone in California and Oregon and Oklahoma and hopefully more soon it's something that I think has always been a dream and to be able to share that stuff with our friends and post pictures and, you know, have a wider range of a community that we grow with. It's great. I mean, you guys are already in so you know, a good amount of States, more States than me, if we're being honest about it, I guess. Um, but uh, to me, I think it, it's only going to take time and then it'll eventually take over. Do you guys see a difference in those regions as far as what people are looking for out of their seed stock? Or do you see like some sell better in one place more than others? Or is everybody just like, no, nah, I want that fire, son. Mm, I mean, it's, it's funny because the way it kind of goes is everyone has their own taste and like even in new states it's not really ever like everyone's you know coming to us and saying i just want to grow blueberry muffin and only blueberry muffin or all i want to grow this year is your jelly rancher i mean maybe here and there we get that Mm. but most people really just like want to check out whatever they can and a lot of the time it's like you know reasonable for folks especially if you're doing full term to somewhat space out your harvest times as well so like you know you can start with some early strains even throw in some like middle harvest strains and then maybe even like a little bit of late stuff and you know that way you're prepared for any kind of weather (laughs) 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 yeah and you can't forget the autos well oh and then so that's a good side (laughs) way to go about it but um you know on our patreon we are teaching you know, uh, subscribers, how to grow their own cannabis. There's a lot of people who are excited about the auto flowers and they ask me about it. And I say, I have no fucking idea how they make auto flowers happen. I think it's amazing. I tell people, especially in, in different places, you know, if you're doing a summer type of grow and you want to get your shit two term before the fall, you know, when the mold and other issues can come along to definitely hit up the auto flowers. And then you could possibly space it so that you get a couple of harvest during the summer even. Um, but can you guys give me a little bit of information on how auto flowers work? If it is something that, um, you know, you can't share as far as proprietary information, I understand that too, but it's a mystery to me. <laughs> No, no. I think um, 
I was surprised. So I, I think we started first playing with autos about only five or six years ago. And it was just, you know, a few seeds here or there to try to see if there was, you know, if it was worth exploring more, more deeply. And uh, I think accidentally I had crossed some that, you know, I kind of threw them in, in a breeding chamber just because that's what I do. And <laughs> so it wasn't exactly like I'm going to make, so we, we call those uh, like a heterozygote autoflower is basically one that's half been, you know, pollinated, let's just say with uh photo period type or normal, you know, f- fall flowering cannabis and, the other side being autoflower, which just does not care what the sunlight hours are doing, like the photo period, it doesn't it it does the opposite. It doesn't care at all. And rather it just literally basically the plant just counts the days from when it was born germinated, you know, when it sprouted all the way to um you know, when it's going to be finished and ready to harvest, which is usually somewhere around two and a half to three months later. So people ask us a lot, like how many days of flowering does that auto flower variety have? And, and it's really hard to say that because they kind of grow and flower at the same time. And so you have this sort <laughs> of weird, uh, you know, cause we're all so used to being like, Oh, it's a 60 day strain which you know normally would mean like basically if you flip the lights to 12 hours off 12 hours on that 60 days later you would be harvesting and most of our like if people look at our catalog our seed catalog they'll see the non-auto flower or the photo period type strains are all quantified by how many days it takes them to finish flowering and that's you know either usually we think of it as like august 1st uh is when plants kind of start flowering in the outdoor you know in north america and um then if they're indoor it's just how many days from when you flip the lights over and with the autos it's one the one of the things that i think was very pleasantly um surprising was that how quickly we were able to kind of you know through selective breeding how quickly we were able to get the autoflower trait kind of just literally cut and paste it into a uh awesome strain that's that happened to be you know photo period and so i never really thought five six years ago that autoflower would ever be able to be as dank (laughs) it's funny because like basically i've thought about it i'm like i can't think of another word that really just sums up good weed better than just dank (laughs) and it's like quick and easy to use as a breeder so i've been back perfect it's perfect for it (laughs) I'm back to using the word dank. I don't, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not calling it a varietal or a cultivar. I'm calling it a fucking strain. And I'm calling <laughs> it, 
a dank strain because there's nothing wrong with it. It's like that's our culture, that's <clears throat> our vernacular. That's what we're gonna say. But anyway, um, it's so, an yeah, appropriate I, adjective. I'm. A, I agree with you. We don't have to whitewash ourselves too much. We can still take what made us uh, in the before legal days and carry that over anyway. Exactly. Be proud of that. Mm-hmm. And because um, there is, we're, you know, like the more and more I get into working with, and I've always worked with like real scientists and PhDs a lot because doing the fish biology and stuff and you kind of come to realize that, you know, it's just like how much you care about something that makes you really smart about it. You know, like if you really give a shit about it, you'll figure it out and learn. So you don't have to be a PhD necessarily. And <laughs> you, you can be, and that helps for sure, but you don't absolutely have to be. So sometimes anyway, it, it just helps with knowing the Latin of specific words and stuff. Right. You can sound smarter, but sounding smarter <laughs> is not always, you know. Here's um, the but, thing about sounding smarter. You're not communicating most of the time when you sound smarter. And the whole point of what we're trying to do is communicate with each other. But I guess some people are communicating like, hey, fuck off. And that's why they use that language. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to shoot over your head so you'll go keep it going next week we're gonna do a part two because it's just so much information well you're so i mean i don't say a word for (laughs) most of it it's awesome um and as you can tell i'm pretty stoned right now and i'm having a ball with it but i learned a lot about stuff and i hope it all sticks but throughout when most of the reason i'm doing this podcast is to educate myself and i know it takes longer so this was a good one i just i'm so impressed with what no i'm impressed with you because you are retaining information lately i'm dropping things i'm saying things in our text chain and you're like i remember that i know i know what it is i try to i mean i think i played a little dumber than i actually am accent on the on the pod oh, you know you mean just on the pod and not regular life no i don't play dumb i just am dumb 
in regular life. I just I said I play a little dumber than I am. I didn't say I was smart in any of this. <laughs> I have not claimed intelligence in any of this. What I'm claiming is I play a little dumber than I am on the show on the regular as part of my role. Yeah. But I think in our text exchange and some of those things in the business meet in the production meetings and stuff, I do come out of nowhere. I think I lull you. Lull me into a and then false all of a sudden, sense. What the fuck? Oh, it makes me you... so happy. He's so smart. No, I'm not. You said it so many times. <laughs> I, at this at this point, I'd be so worried if some of it wasn't getting through. <laughs> Like Billy, why are you going to the doctor? I just, I should know more stuff about weed than I do now. <laughs> I don't have the knowledge yet of the cannabis that I need to. I will say too that I wasn't excited about recording tonight. And then as soon as we started recording, I got in a great mood. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You guys this feel is... that every now and then? It yeah. happens. Also, I think. There are benefits. There's pros and cons to having your studio in your house. Like the pro was like, I literally put my son to sleep at like, like four minutes before we're supposed to be on the zoom and walked out here. And I remember thinking like, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, being like, I'd rather just go to my bed, watch TV. But I mean, that was the cool thing, too, is this is all just family vibes, you know, throughout the mm-hmm. podcast, you hear, you know, Nat's son or daughter uh, making noises, you know, in the background and stuff like that. They had both of them had just come home from work, two separate houses, and then they after work do a hour and something podcast and just talk more about cannabis they are a hard working family and i love that it's a family company three or four times during the podcast that's what i thought was like they've been working all day and now they're just talking to these us two assholes i was like thank god mike's being sweet and i'm not being like so when you you put the seed in the dirt is that where (laughs) you put it that's actually not where you put it when you're first starting. I know, I know. <laughs> oh man, um, this will come out later, so it'll already have happened. But I'll tell you, we'll, Justin will find out tomorrow. Um, I am. I'm putting the Jordo Spash up cleaning her up putting her in the the tent <gasps> where are you I'm going like, to i'm like well i'm gonna put her in her dime bag and stuff put her in the tent and clean her out and then well, i'm not going to use her until until it's all ready until the squirt's ready what right that's unbelievable what's the Jordo special oh sorry that's, that's my bong it's my bong sorry I did say like everyone should know what it is. So you're telling <laughs> that, me, thanks, please, on top of his shit. But thank God, <laughs> like what the hell is the Jordan? It's like it's 
It's a it's a little baby horse he's gonna put in the grow tent is what he's doing. <laughs> so you're telling me you're not gonna smoke out of a bong for the next couple of months? That is what I'm telling you. The next three to four months. That's what I'm telling you. I'm impressed. This is lighting a fire under my ass to get you guys to harvest quicker than I initially. We don't have wanted. to. No, we want. No, the, no, I'm on quality. a mission. It's, I want quality. It's, We're not rushing this shit. And I'm glad. That's what I was gonna say quality. too. And I'll mention this in the in the grow your own this week. Is <clears throat> I've had to order a couple of different parts that I thought the part that I had some parts laying around because they didn't work to the level. And it's like this dry run. Really, I would have skipped over it, but it's so important. And I know people following along are like, I wish you guys would hurry up. I do too, but it is, I think just from the couple of three times I've grown before, it's already, there's like things that I was like, oh yeah, this is the smartest way to, because if you, if I would have discovered this, it would have fucked stuff up in a way. And it's like, Thank you so much, Michael. It's uh, it's it's the, most you're teaching de- us different level stuff. It's great. The most debilitating stuff I've ever had to deal with is the shit that goes bad in the middle of the grow that I should have been attentive to before anything. Like the amount of weed growing where people are just jumping into the fucking pool. It's dope, but if you're trying to get something good going, it. There's just simple things that you can do. You know, I, I like the bravado of the cowboy style of growing and that served its purpose for many years, but we already got people who figured the easy shit out. Let's push it to another level and other directions. So that's why. Yeah. We're doing yeah. <laughs> and there's like things like there's a guy to order another partner. There's like a thing that's stuck in my crawl. I'm like, I'm going to do that. As soon as I get up in the morning, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go take care of that, which is great because it also motivates me in other parts of my life to go. It's kind of wonderful. Like I'm putting all these little hobbies together, and they're all kind of complicated, but that's how I enjoy doing stuff. So it's just it's fun. It's like building. It's just building stuff. I'm having fun. I'm pretty stoned right now, so I'm just saying half sentences but i don't care i'm being positive and honestly i can't wait to go back up to humboldt i don't think we're gonna get to uh and before we move along i don't know we'll get there don't worry no i'm no i i think we may have to do another season and then drop and do a quick trip to humboldt and finish this one and drop it but then the comeback comeback yeah. to so hum see how yeah. the lives have changed I don't think their lives have changed much but <laughs> I do want to talk to them I, I love like, I want to go there and do stuff and then we can do some comedies there too hopefully soon comedy everything, everyone stay and wear a mask and stay where you're supposed to be and do the thing and then get vaccine if you can it just be responsible so we can all start hanging and doing stuff and being fun and all that. God damn, I love you guys and we're excited. Oh, there's some behind the scenes fun stuff happening where we're we're getting all our our ducks in a row 
uh, with the with the web and the digital stuff. So we're on, I think, all the platforms. And if you have any friends in India, we are available there now. Yeah, we're on cool. Indian. So please share this. That's that. like review. As many, I'm going to do a lot Social of podcast media. guesting soon just to get the word out. But nothing gets the word out as much as you guys being like, hey, this is my favorite episode of this podcast. And let me tell you, this is what it is. It's not going to, it's kind of a good mix. And Mike's really awesome. And Billy, Billy's there sometimes. And that's cool. Sleet tones and, are rocking. And the music is fucking dope. And the guests oh, yeah. are amazing so just tell them um and if you can rate and review us that helps on whatever so do all those things guys and i know it's times are tough uh so we got a couple of tiers on patreon we got the five dollar one you get early access to everything you get some you get access to the smoking a and all the fun stuff and then uh the second tier mike uh He's going to teach Mike is teaching me and Justin Lysick of Formic Green Beret how to grow organic no-till cannabis in a, in a tent. So you guys should check that out too. It's pretty fucking dope. Uh, okay, if you have any guys. questions, grownlocalpod at gmail. And then all that jazz. Slee, thank you so much. Mike, take us out. Love you guys. Grow your own. Grow your own. Thank you, Slee. Yeah.